reading is Exodus chapter 16, first of all, verses 1 to 6. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. Then skipping down to verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. And then going down to verse 31. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it, then place it before the Lord to be kept for the generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant law that it might be preserved. The Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. The second reading is from the Gospel of John, um, chapter 6, verses 25 to 40. That's on page 1070. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, 
but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him, them up at the last day. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. John 6, verse 22. The next day. The next day when the discussion begins. So what happened the day before? Those of you who were here last week would have looked at that story with, with Merv. Yesterday, Jesus fed a crowd of 5,000 families. It would have been a, a vast crowd. He fed them in a, a remote location near a mountain, 
at the time or shortly before the Jewish Passover. The crowd had come looking for healing. We looked to the story, they, they followed him because of the signs of healing. It was lunchtime and they were hungry. And there was no food, no shops, and no money. The story is famous. A little boy with five little loaves and two little fishes comes. And then we read in verse 6 of chapter 6, Jesus knew what he was about to do. The crowd were just hungry. The disciples, where do we find food? We, we, we haven't got the money. But Jesus knew what he was doing, what he, why he was doing it, and what would happen. And Jesus gave thanks. He gave thanks to his heavenly Father. Jesus knew what he was doing. And so he took the bread. He broke the bread and Jesus served the bread. Not the disciples, Jesus served the bread. And disciples collected the leftovers. The crowd at the end wanted to make him king. But Jesus went away from among them. Next day, not the whole crowd of thousands, but a smaller crowd found him after a week, a little search in Capernaum, and in the synagogue they came to him looking for food. And when they arrived, do you know what they asked Jesus? What time did you get here? It's almost comical, but Jesus knew why, why they were there. They were there for bread. In his book, Bread Matters, Andrew Whitley tells us that in Britain, we consume about 12 million loaves, sorry, 12 million loaves in a day, plus countless rolls, sandwiches, pizzas, croissants, and whatever. Bread is so basic, it's acquired a symbolic significance. Bread is life, for without bread our body dies. Bread matters. As food for the body it's essential to life. But in the Gospel of John, bread really matters. Not only as bread for the body, but as a metaphor for food that endures to eternal life. While the bread in the wilderness in the Exodus story went off after the day and the maggots arrived, Jesus is talking about food that remains and sustains and endures. And furthermore, this food comes to us in this life. It's there in the words 
of the baptism. We receive this life in the midst of this life. Of course, the gospel begins, does it not? In the beginning. In the beginning, echoing Genesis. This is in the beginning of new life that Jesus brings. Bread matters. The crisis in the story, in this conversation now between Jesus and the crowd, is the crowd are only asking for bread. They're only asking for bread. And they may never know any more bread. For at the end of the story, they walk away. And the concern in the story is to listen to Jesus in this conversation for what Jesus says in this conversation with this crowd in the synagogue that have come for more he essentially is saying to them that if you, until you come to Jesus until you come to Jesus you will never have enough bread you will always be hungry you will always be thirsty. The tragic issue in the story is that we too have a hunger in our hearts that we can seek to fill with all kinds of bread. In our hunger for bread and money, for fame, for approval, for success, for life, for love. Jesus is saying, until you come to me, you will always be hungry. I have come to give life, he's going to say. He's going to satisfy our deepest hunger and the, to quench our greatest thirst. In the story we look at now, beware of the crowd. Beware of the crowd, for this crowd that approach Jesus are cynical. They are unbelieving. They ultimately walk away. May we hear Jesus as we hear the story. And as we listen to him, we begin. The crowd at the bread but missed the sign. For the sign was, for the bread was a sign. The bread, if you like, was like a, like a cake, perhaps with candles on, which a child might eat. Imagine it, eat all the cake, but never open the birthday presents. The cake's just a symbol. It's got a message in it. The crowd don't read the message, they don't see the message to just take the food and drift away. But the message in John, echoing the message in, Jesus, in, in Exodus, is that there is more. There is more bread that will satisfy our deepest hungers as nothing else can in this world. Bread is vital. We cannot live without bread. It represents food, our lives, but it spoils, as Jesus said. You're searching for something which spoils. We see maggots in the Exodus story. 
bread turns green, it, as you know, if you've ever left it long enough. The crowd are looking for more bread. Jesus is saying, I've come to give you more life, more life. Imagine a young man waiting to receive his test results from the consultant. He has not slept well. He opens the letter expecting the worst. He reads the result and the test is negative, meaning positive. He's well. His whole life ahead of him. Imagine the joy, the release, life. An elderly person, quite elderly, sees the consultant who says to her, him, you've got 30 years. You've got 30 years. I remember sometime reading the a widow talking about her late husband, her famous husband who said, he hated to die. Every year he would say, God, give me one more year. Give me one more year. And that started in the first year of marriage and lasted 24 years. Just one more year. Is that all we want? Bread might give us that, but not the food that Jesus speaks of. C.S. Lewis wrote once and likened this crowd to children. Like half-hearted creatures, he said, like children making mud pies who can't imagine the infinite joy that has been offered to them. Like the child that eats the cake and misses the gifts. Jesus called the crowd to seek to work for the food that gives life, eternal life, which the Son will give you. Food that will enjoy to eternal life. In the beginning, in Genesis, the creation of the world, the beginning of human life, in John's Gospel, in the beginning, the word bringing new life. In the baptism, you would have heard about being born again, as John speaks of in this gospel. Life is the theme of the gospel, as Jesus will say again and again through the gospel. He has come to give life. But the crowd simply ate the bread. He ate the bread and miss the message. He called them to work for food that would last. The crowd saw the sign in part, but misread its message. Jesus said, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Sadly, the crowd heard the word work, but they didn't appear to hear the word give 
I will give. Verse 28, what must we do to do the works of God? The works that God requires. Can you hear this crowd? What must we do to do the works that God wants? Can we hear the echoes of the first lie that seeks God as a, a difficult God and a mean God? What must we do? What does he want us to do? Jesus says to them, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. The one word, not plural, one word, believe. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. So you might believe in me. What did the Christ ask next? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, they say to Jesus? He's just fed 5,000 families. And they ask him, what are you going to do? And then they quote from Exodus 16 via a psalm. He fed manna in the desert for 40 years, day in, day, week, week, month, year. What are you going to do? You just fed us one meal. They've come back for more. They've come expectantly. Just, let's... Of course, they've, they've, not read, they've not read the sign. As he said, I will give you the bread. I'm going to give you the bread. To work for the bread, it was simply to put one's thoughts and mind to what's going on, to, to see the sign in the bread. But Jesus, remember, knew what he was going to do when he gave that food in the remote part of Galilee on the east, an echo of the desert in Exodus, near the time of the Passover, looking back to the meal in their story in which God came to judge the people of Egypt and the firstborn son was delivered because the Passover lamb was broken and given. Bread that God gave. I tell you the truth, said Jesus. I tell you the truth, verse 32. It's not Moses that gave you that bread. It was my father gave you that bread. My father gave it. Already we see the relationship, do we not, between the Father and the Son. This was my Father. This is the Son of God. Speaking with divine authority, as he will, you know, what we'll see in a moment or two. It's my Father that gave the bread in the desert. Every day, every week, every year. But you know what happened to those people in the desert? We'll look down the verses below. They died. They were grumbling before the feeding. They were grumbling after the feeling. And they died. It's a lovely story. But it's, there's a tragedy at the heart of it. 
for those that walk away as the crowd did, they will die because all they want is the bread and if that's all they get he comes to give life but they've not understood it my father gave the bread and my father gives the bread even now remember the day before at the feeding of the five and what did Jesus do with the little loaves and bread he, he took them and he looked up to his father and he gave thanks he knew what he was doing he knew what would happen and he knew why for the people came for healing remember they, they all came for healing he sought to give them healing from their fears and anxieties and ultimately from death but the crowd wanted more bread more things more stuff which could never satisfy the human heart the longing within us for more of God my father will give and as I will give the bread of God verse 32 is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world it is a person I am Jesus says verse 35 the bread of life an echo of Exodus 3 I am whom I am said God to Moses while I am points to Jesus it is me I'm saying this this is me but he is saying about himself I am the one that is speaking to you I am yes I am I am speaking to you but I am the bread of life as later it will say I am the Good Shepherd I am the way the truth and the life I am the resurrection and the life the crowd this cynical crowd did not pick up this truth as the following discourse continues I am the bread of life he's not giving life he is life he is life as John says in his opening chapter chapter 1 verse 4 and the life was in him the creator the word that was God that was with God in the beginning has life in him and he gives life how well we know he dies on the cross he, he gives his life on the cross and so that through his life we would know resurrection life think back is my the sound gone um is that think back to the story yesterday a little incident in the middle of the story when jesus is faced with five thousand hungry families and philip's he asked philip where do we get food 
Philip, we've got no money. We, we, we can't get it. And the five little... We've got no food. We've got no money. But what happens at the miracle? He fed 5,000 families. 5,000 men, 5,000 wives, two per child. A vast crowd he fed. Now, here's the big question. Who paid for the meal? Who paid for the meal? Five thousand. You know, you go to for lunch time, but you go, you know, who's, who's paying for the lunch? And a kind person sometimes they'll pay. Who's going to pay for this food? What's the cost? Of course, Jesus is going to pay, isn't he? He's going to pay for everyone. He's going to pay for everyone. Who served the food? There's no deacons. The disciples were not spoken of. They collected at the end, but Jesus broke the food. Jesus gave the food. He was the food. The Clyde, as you might imagine, were quiet and no immediate reply. Just give us more food. I am the food. But the crowd did not believe the sign. As Jesus said to them, you've seen me. You don't believe. You've seen me, you've not believed. The Father wants everyone to look to the Son. The Father the Father and the Son in this story and in John's Gospel and indeed in the Scripture. It's not an angry Father and a kind Son. This is a God of love, Father, Son and Spirit. This is the Creator God who gave and made life, who loves his world. As John has said in his Gospel, for God so loved the world, the Father loves it's the Father that is with the Son. He gives the Son that the Son would give his life, that they would have his life. And all they want is more food. It's a tragic story. But it is the world we live in. For so many of us and so many crowds gather for food when Jesus and God seeks to bring this new life. Until we come to Jesus, we'll always be hungry, we'll always be thirsty. Jesus has come that we might have life to its fullness and life beyond this life. Our prayer is that we did not follow the crowd that will walk away, 
but listen to the disciples at the end of this long narrative when Jesus asked them, you too, are you going to walk away? To which Peter replies on behalf of the disciples, Lord, where can we go? Where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Our prayer is that we all know that truth. It's wonderful, isn't it, to see Abby and Ree affirm that. Our prayer is all of us here, in our hearts and in our lives, know what we've been given in Christ through the love of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And in the light of that, are content with our life, with the bread that we have, that God gives us, or whatever he gives us. For we in Christ have riches and a future and a hope and a blessing. That no, nothing, nothing in the creator will, will give us until we come to Jesus. And as we come, there will no more hungry and no more thirst. May that be our experience and prayer.